Well, hello there, listeners. This is Jim the Keys Bartender, the bartending podcast about bartending, life, Keys life. And this is a little Keys life going on right now. It is stormy as hell. We have a, we currently have a tornado warning in effect to two o'clock. The winds are gusting to about 50 miles an hour. Right now, not so much. Uh, maybe like 30. Heavy rainstorm, a little thunder, a little lightning, but it's not something we haven't seen or heard before. And I turn on my, I'm uh, waiting to see if I get any. Uh, no, it's a, a tornado. Uh, I'm jumping ahead of myself right now, but there's a tornado warning. And I said, you know what would be a good thing to do right now besides podcasting? Turning on my Lyft app and seeing if anybody needs a ride. You know, people need to drive sometimes. It could be emergency or anything like that. Not exactly like emergency, like you, as if you would call the police or an ambulance or fire department, but there could be emergencies. People need something. They need some uh, maybe sour cream to make their world-famous French onion dip. I mean, that's an arbitrary statement. But uh, today, I, I'm not working today. It's Sunday. It is stormy. Uh, gosh, I don't know how to feel about that because I really can't enjoy the outside right now, but I get to do other things. Like I said in a previous podcast, uh, my eclectic schedule and job uh, descriptions that I have different jobs allow me the opportunity to move around and do things pretty much the way I want. You know, they give me different. Uh, that my current job gives me the opportunity. If I have something I need to schedule up ahead, I schedule, you know, usually one or one thing a week or two thing a week. I may slide a time where I'd like to be free. And then the rest of them, they can just schedule me that. Yeah. I mean, this is, this is exciting for me. Uh, not, not so much, uh, waiting for, huh? I mean, I don't know. I, I, I don't particularly, I like driving when the weather's nice. But I do understand people do need to get around. It's just like I said yesterday about being a notary. Being a notary, when you have to be available, the state gives you, uh, you know, commissions you as a, when I say commission, they give you the license to be a notary in that state. And they expect you to make yourself available to provide a service to the people of that state or commonwealth. Like that. I just, I don't know why I threw in Commonwealth or anything like that. But I think that uh, it's important to make yourself available when you have the privilege of doing something like that. You know, to be able to uh, be a notary, you have to have uh, relatively, I guess you have to be free of any felony convictions, uh, which I am fortunate to not have that. I'm fortunate. I'm not saying I should never, there's nothing I have done that deserves a felony connect, conviction. I, and I, But I will say, there's nothing I have done to deserve a felony conviction. So, see, I just said it when I said I didn't say that. But because I didn't want to leave it. If you say you don't say, sometimes I had two cups of coffee. But sometimes the things you say or not say tend to incriminate you. And I think 
this weather is kind of like amping me up. I don't know. It's weird. Where some people may cower in their closet, I'm one more likely to go out. Okay, the wind's kicking up again. I'm going to see if we can pick it up. Can you hear this at all? I don't know. It's blowing pretty good. I'd say maybe it's gusting right now. Maybe 35, 40 miles an hour. But it has been kicking up to 60. I think around 60. I could tell by how the uh, trees sway. And some of the debris flies by. I haven't seen any large animals uh, get blown out like a, you don't have any cows down here. I guess the big animals would be uh, cats, dogs, iguanas, which I hope there's no cats out there or dogs. It shouldn't be out there or people. But it is exciting to be alive when there's storming. You see Mother Nature just kicking it up there. And to get back, I guess I spent five minutes talking about this stupid uh, storm. And I don't think, now this, I don't think I'm affecting being too brutal to the storm by saying that. It's not necessary to have this storm. I, you know, the rain's good. This is typically our our dry season. So we're getting a little rain here So. It's been, I guess we're safe for a couple months from a drought. It's been raining pretty regularly. It's been raining during our, uh, our dry season. I hope it continues through our rainy season, not too much, but uh, we haven't had rain in a couple days. And you know what? That's got to be boring. This is small talk, isn't it? And you know what about small talk? Small talk's important. Some people say, I don't like small talk. I don't do small talk. I like small talk is what you do with people to make them feel comfortable. You introduce talk topics and it's important for a bartender or something in the service industry. When people come into the place I work now, the Almorada Brewery and Distillery in Almorada, I go, they come up to the bar. I ask them, you ever been here before? A lot of times. More than 50% of the time, the answer is no. I say, well, welcome. Let me tell you a little about the place. You know, our distiller's over here. This is there. That's informative. It's not small talk when you're informing them. And I tell them if they like to do a sampling, we do samples at the bar of drafts that we have and draft cocktails. And uh, if they want to sample the spirits and go to this distillery, that's important to do. And we also have food. And, you know, I can point out that there's merchandise for sale immediately to the right of them, but it is right there. So I don't think I, 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 I just make the assumption people understand when there's merchandise out and there's price tags on it, that it's for sale. But after that, that's where the small tax kick, kicks in. If they're not ready to start ordering, I'll just start saying, hey, where are you guys from? How long are you down for? Where are you planning to go? Is that your wife or your girlfriend? Is that your daughter? Oh, that's your daughter. Okay. Sorry, uh, sorry I mentioned that. Yes, yo, that's your granddaughter. Okay. Okay. You'd be surprised down here and say, I, this is all small talk. I don't go in that part. I don't say that's your wife. I don't, I try to stay away from that. And if someone comes up and they're of ambiguous gender, gender, I'll just say, you know, you know the people and there's nothing wrong with that, but people cultivate that look. They really do. Uh, I was watching, uh, I was just doing uh, a follow-up on my social media feed, and I'm looking for someone, uh, you know, looking at some of the 
the posts that are there. I do that for maybe 10 minutes to liven up. If it's depressing, I put it down right away. But then there was a guy on there, a guy, I assumed it was a guy afterwards, but now I'm looking at it and say, it looked like a girl, man, it's like beard, had really took care of their hair, their long flowing hair, but had a heavy beard. It was like in between, somewhat ambiguous. More of guy though. And I do understand people are sensitive about their pronouns. But, you know, if you're not going to make a bold statement on where you want to be, like even in the middle, if you want to be in the middle, you know, you want to be referred to as they or it. You know, they, I think they, their, whatever pronouns. If if you don't come firmly down on a he or a she, it's incumbent upon you to allow, I like to be dressed as Pat, right? Or Kim. And Kim, you know, it was only down here. But, well, uh, I was 40, 45 years old. We are met my first man named Kim, and it wasn't a guy that was coming off as, you know, dressing as a woman. It was the first time, and I didn't realize that. For the longest time, I just assumed it was an exclusively female name, like Sally or Sue, you know, that like that famous John Ca- Johnny Castle. If they don't come down firmly in the he or she, I don't begrudge that. I don't get upset by it. I don't get upset by it. I just, if, if they want to remain ambiguous, they should accept an ambiguous response from somebody. That's all. Not insulting, not derogatory, not to be made feel less than. Just do that. That's my little part on there. And otherwise, you don't really have to identify someone as you can always use you. Oh, what would you like? What would you, well, I mean, that's what you should like. You don't refer to someone in a second person, he, she, or second person. Yeah. You, you know, you is the second person. I is the first person. The third person. You don't refer, refer to someone. Oh, boy. There's a lot I'm getting into over my head now. Getting back to the bartending thing about small talk. And you see the pitfalls of it. And the great thing about this particular job is people are stopping in. Sometimes they stop in, yes, just to use the bathroom. Every so often you get someone like that. It's a rarity for that. Or to buy buy some merchandise. I always, and there's one little hint uh, for some of the tourists. There was a lovely couple that stopped in this past week. And they... Uh, came up, they had their first drink, and they just had loaded up with merchandise. And they said, oh, well, well, well we, had, we started the small talk. And then I found out that they just had gotten down here. And I said, wow, that's amazing. Usually people wait until the end of their uh, vacation to start loading up on the merchandise, they went ahead and did it so they don't have to rush that last day to buy things for their friends and family. And I thought that was good. But I think it could be tactically or strategically an error because uh, 
as I know with most people from my experience, that they only have a certain amount of space for their clothes unless they're bringing an extra bag with them, which may be a good idea. Maybe a good idea if you're buying if you're buying merchandise. You need to say, "Listen, let's go down. Let's go down to uh, the Keys. I'm going to bring like three sets of uh, uh, clothing, changes of clothes, and then we'll purchase the rest. And I have these extra bags that I'll put that stuff in. That's a great idea. Saying this merchandise is for me. Well, I'm going to wear it and wash it and put the tags on and give it away. I mean, that's kind of underhanded, but you know, just because you're giving, you're giving clothes to someone and it has a tag on, don't make the assumption it hasn't been worn yet. Could have been worn by like 10 different people trying on the size. I hope that doesn't freak you out. You uh, germ phobes. Uh, I have speaking of germ phobes. And once again, I've had two cups of coffee. I don't know why I get ginned up during the storm. It seemed to pass right now. It's kind of calm, but um, as I was, I was talking, um, I don't get ginned up. I'm going back to the, I, I got to retrace my steps where this conversation was going. Well, neither here nor there. I'll just skip it. Skip it. The small talk. I'll finish with the small talk. Making the small talk like I've been doing the whole time. It's lighthearted. Uh, normally, it doesn't have anything controversial in it. You don't even, you know, you heard about not talking about politics, religion. Uh, and the third thing, whatever the third thing is, which escapes me at this moment, politics and religion are the two things I think you shouldn't talk about. Uh, maybe sex. Unless someone introduces it and it doesn't offend you and it's not directed towards you or directed towards someone else. Yeah, go, go, you know, what two consenting adults do is really none of my business. And uh, you got to watch propriety of your the place that you work and the surroundings, working in a bar and distillery and stuff like that. We don't have generally have too many children come in there. Every so often, people do bring their children in. So in the daytime, you know, and they got games and all that stuff for the people. So yeah, they have games, and uh, so that's games are like small talk. You can go into you, it's space fillers, and it's important to do when you're working. You know. And then you let the, you got you got to watch for the signs that the person's done talking, because you can keep on asking them the question when they're ready to go. I'm ready to go and sit down and eat and go and play uh, Uno with my kid or little uh, Jenga. They got a big block Jenga set up there at the place, and they got cornhole. I told you about cornhole before. That I went to a wedding. About 16 years ago, I never heard of cornhole. It's a game. You got two boards of space, maybe 50 feet apart, maybe more. And they got a hole at the top of it. And they give you a bag filled with corn or bean, a kind of a bean bag, maybe, because I don't think it necessarily has to be corn anymore. And you toss it and you get points for throwing it through the cornhole. When so some guy said to me, it was the wedding was outside Atlanta said, Hey, you want to play a little cornhole? I kind of was a little standoffish because of where I'm from, Philadelphia, when they talk about the cornhole, they talk about being cornhole. That means that you're really being violated through your posterior and it happens a lot in prison. How's that an end that way to end this segment? That's not really small talk, is it? But if the person's lighthearted enough and stuff like that and introduces it and gives you the clues that you can talk that way, 
have at it. I'll be back in a moment if we don't get blown away back to Oz. Well, we're back, and I do realize my pacing and my talk patterns were actually kind of really sped up. And this is legitimately, this is only five seconds later that I'm recording the second segment. And I don't know what it is about today. When I woke up today, I was feeling a little melancholy-ish. You know, we go through that every so often. These, uh, and I talked about the sine wave of life. You got your ups and downs. Sometimes you're filling up. Sometimes you're feeling down. Sometimes you're just in the middle. And if you're really melancholy, it's important to really manage that. It's important to really manage that. And I mean, obviously, if you're always up and you have very few downs, you know, someone could say something, something's wrong with you. If someone says something's wrong with you because you're always happy and you actually feel happy and you don't have any trepidation or feelings of melancholy, the problem is with them, not with you. Because they're jealous. People are jealous of happy people. You ever see the miserable thing when someone's smiling and having a good time and stuff like that and someone has to trade all over them? Well, don't let that happen. But a lot of times, you don't even realize it. The person that is more likely to shit on you is yourself. I'm not talking about crapping your pants. I'm talking about bringing you down. Like when you're on a high note, you should just ride it when you can. Try to be productive. Try to uh, be like the uh, ant and the ant and the grasshopper allegory where the ants work in all i think it's the ant the grasshopper where he's storing for winter and the grasshopper's just having a good time chirping around i could be screwing up this whole allegory but this is the allegory it's a, it's a summertime the ants working all the time stocking up for a winter blah, 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 blah. and i did that blah, 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 blah thing i think but stocking up all the supplies it needs a grasshopper's doing nothing just having a good time and fall winter rolls around there's nothing to eat the grasshopper you know, and you know, grasshoppers do survive. So I don't know if the allegory really works, but it's a story. And the ant is ready for the winter. Well, you could do that with your emotional health too. And there's certain there's there's all different ways to deal with it. That's why if there was only one way to deal with depression, melancholy, uh, sadness, loss, uh, uh, um, just being alone, feelings of being alone and separate, if there was only one way to deal with it, then there would be no need for psychology or pharmaceuticals or, you know, this big book. There's big books on all of this, these things. And just because it's in a book doesn't mean it's absolutely right. But it could be that there is a way for every type of feeling of, let's say, negativity, there is a way to address it. There could be a way to address it. It's virtually, I'd say, it's probably 0% chance there's, there's never a way to address that. It, it's probably, there's there are things that you can't just do, but most problems do have a solution. Fine. And I try to think of every solution and work 
work my way through my issues. Sometimes they work, sometimes they don't. And for me, it's uh, when I realized that the uh, we we all have an internal monologue. Some people call it the voices in their head. And some people have more than one or multiple voices in their head. And yeah, it's just they're typifying their moods. Their moods are telling them what to think. And they think of it as another person. There's a depressed person in there. There's a there's a happy person. There's a successful person. There's a person that feels they're a loser. loser. There's a person that feels unappreciated, a person that feels uh, solitary. There's a person that feels sexy, the one that feels unattractive, the one that feels fit, the one that feels like they're they're a mess. And they treat them as different people. But what it is, is just perhaps these feelings taking on personas. And there's really only one. It's you. And But if you want to treat it that way, you can. But don't get too heavy on that. It's always just you in your head. That's the only thing. Your brain interprets everything that happens on the outside. Your brain interprets everything. When you see things, your eyes may be the openings that you see things. But it's your brain that interprets it. Same thing with sounds, when you hear a sound. You know, you can hear a sound and you say, what was that? You can imagine it to be certain different, multiple different things until you see it, until you know actually what the sound is. It doesn't really lock in there. It's like that uh, physics analogy about Schrodinger's cat. Like the cat, like I said yesterday, the cat could be simultaneously or the day before, simultaneously live and dead. Until you look inside the box, you don't know which is it. And uh, that's um, what these things we think about when when uh, some something happens between you and your friends or something at work. Your brain will have an interpretation and fill in a narrative about what is causing people to act this way. But you really don't know. A lot of times when someone uh, I work with, I'm close to, gets quiet or morose or somewhat sad, I'll make the assumption that it's something I might have done because I'm feeling this uh, feeling coming towards me in waves. And many a time, it has nothing to do with me. But my my brain wants a narrative, and it's uh, egocentric, so it's going to involve me, always going to involve me. And it's not always me. It's as if the other day when I had the problem at the doctor's office, get my test or get my credit card at that restaurant. And then when I get angry and I react to it, I usually make my worst decisions then. Instead of waiting and realizing they're just doing their own thing. They're not concerned necessarily about me, or they could be. Doesn't really matter. What matters is how I interpret it. And if I internalize everything and start creating a negative, and this sounds new agey, but it really isn't. It's a negative feedback loop. When you say one bad thing about yourself, it's easy to say another bad thing and another bad thing and another bad thing. And what you got to do is you got to stop it in the in mix. You got to say, well, 
And you always see in these uh, old cartoons and maybe some of these movies, you got the, the devil on one shoulder, shoulder and you have an angel on the other. You know, the angels of your better nature, the demons. And the demons uh, in the famous scene in Animal House. Uh, the uh, Pinto, the character Pinto in Animal House, he's having, uh, he has a young lady who gets drunk at a party. And it turns out the lady's under eight. So, you know, ignore that part right there. But the, the actress was, I'm sure the actress was 21, 22. I think she was. I'm swear to this day that's actress. So actress was 22, 23. But she passes out. And the angel on his shoulder says, uh, you know, you should take her home. And the devil on his shoulder says, you should just fuck her. You know? And I know that's a little harsh. And he's thinking back and forth. Well, that's always happened. It's not two different people telling you that. That's your head in your head. And one is your sexual. In this case, it was his sexual urge. And the other was his conscious saying, hey, this girl's passed out. She has no way to, to you know, give consent, blah, blah, blah. I know consent. You know, that, that, was, that movie was in the 70s. And it turns out, I think it turns out at this time, I think, because later on, the girl's pregnant. And I hope it's not that time because he ends up getting a wheelbarrow and wheeling her to her house and knocking on the door so the family finds her. But she's all dressed and stuff like that. I'm hoping in that scene it shows that like the guys decided to say that. And it's always one of those things. There's always a small part. And it could be one where it never occurs to you. It's possible. I just don't know people like that. When they get angry, they don't. They never consider, or whatever, they're unhappy with the situation. If they never consider punching someone, then I don't think they've ever been angry. And it, it's possible out there. It is possible, but I, I just don't, I've never experienced that where I have not, uh, well, I've been angry. So that's true. I mean, sometimes I've not been angry. I've chosen because anger is something you could, you can choose. You can't, sometimes you can't choose pain. You can't choose feelings of loss, sadness, and stuff like that. But anger is one of those things you can somewhat choose to take hold. And that's, that's the thing. Like people want to separate those personas in their head and say, this is anger talking, this is kindness talking. Well, it's all one big mash. And if you want to think of it this way, maybe think of it, I just saw The Godfather. And yeah, that's a violent movie, and it's about the mafia and all that stuff. But there's one character, Tom Hagen. Tom Hagen, he's a consigliere, the stepbrother of Sonny, Michael, and Fredo. The, you know, uh, 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 Marlon Brando's, that Don Corleone's stepson. And he advises the Godfather first. I'm not see if if I'm if this is a spoiler alert, you're really messing out if you never saw the Godfather. But he advises Don Corleone and Michael Corleone when he becomes a Godfather. And if that's surprising you, then Jesus, I'm sorry. Either you're too you're you're like an eight year old. You shouldn't be listening to the show anyway because they said fuck already. 
And I do put explicit, so you should be listening to the show. Don't tell your parents, just never get on the show again. If you are listening to it, wait, wait, wait 10 years. And then you can, you'll have, by then it'll be maybe 1200 episodes and hopefully the, the audio will gone better. But Tom Hagen, he's always trying to, when he's advising, he advises without emotion. He advises without emotion. Everyone else is reacting through violence, vengeance, the vendetta. He's, and, and Tom Hagen's always preaching reasonableness. And, you know, if you do this, this will be the implications. Allow me to clear my throat for a moment. If you do this thing, then this will be the implications. This will be negative for us. But if you, if you hold off, you know, and, and yes, some of the things that Tom Hagen, suggest would maybe uh, a, sometimes a rational person in certain situations appears to be weak. But in the long run, a lot of times they're wise. A lot of times wise. Do you think of a country like Switzerland? Think of Switzerland. They've been a country for a very long time with very few changes in government. And they have Listen to this. They have a population of four groups of people that speak different languages. German, French, Italian, and one that's between Italian and Latin called Romash. And they've been, let's say, uh, at least 900 years. I'm not going to Google that and stuff like that, but they've been around for hundreds of years. Uh, they may have had civil discontent and discord, but they've been, they never really been invaded. Part of it's because of geography. They're surrounded by the Alps, but a lot of it has to do with they've been rational. They, um, they ha did send mercenaries out and things like that. But what they've been is they had a large self-defense force for, as per their population, they defended themselves and they stayed away from any entangling alliances. And people say, well, Switzerland is neutral, but they've been, for years and years and years, they have been, um, they've been, had a brisk economy, a stable population, and stable government, and stable society. And they've been rational. A lot of people say Switzerland. They don't think of, they don't think of Switzerland. No one thinks of Switzerland. It's a nice town and stuff. You know why? Because they've been rational. And other countries like the United States, well, when the United States gets involved in all these wars, blah, 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 and does all these things and they help out. You know, World War II was a bad one. You really needed to help and stuff like that. Maybe Switzerland should have stepped in instead of, you know, holding accounts and stuff like that. They just, you know, Switzerland actually did some pretty un, uh, you know, non, you know, something that good people don't do, like taking accounts from Jewish people that were killed in the Holocaust and not tr seeking to find survivors, um, you know, you know, funding the Nazis and all that stuff. But, but they really didn't get involved politically. They didn't get involved politically. And when wisdom takes place, a lot of times we go and say, if wisdom takes a front, uh, front seat in rationality, sometimes we see a person as tentative and weak. And uh, actually, it's some of the best people in the world. The easiest people to talk to are people that are rational and wise. 
and they have some of the happiest life. You ever think of Switzerland, you always think, was there any discord in Switzerland? Every so often when they have a big meeting, sometimes there's a lot of pre protest in, in Switzerland, they, and that's it. So maybe the key to a happy life is remaining neutral. And, you know, remember those four groups of people with four different languages. Belgium has French and Flemish, and they're ready to go split at the seams. Every year, it seems like they're ready to, um, the country of Belgium is ready to, you know, just separate. And Switzerland's been staying together for 900 years or more under this one constitution. Now, that could just be Iceland, but Switzerland has been a long time. So, uh, if you can, except for that stuff, bankroll in the Holocaust, be more like Switzerland. This is Jim the Keys bartender. I'll be back again soon. Bye.